break it to President Biden and to the G20 leaders. Afghanistan doesn't need you. They don't need you. Afghanistan has one way to make money, only one. It sells opium on the black market. That's how the Taliban have survived for 20 years economically. That's how the Kabul government survived. That's how the chieftains, local warlords survived. Is a massive amount of opium coming out of Afghanistan and going both to Asia and to Europe. That's it. They don't sell anything else. They don't have anything else. All right. It's a landlocked country. There's no port. So you can threaten them, boycott them economically. You do whatever you want to do. They don't care. They're going to sell the dope and make billions of dollars. And for 20 years, the United States, as the chief force in the country, allowed it to happen. Why? Because the Afghans made it quite clear, if you don't allow it to happen, we're going to fight you. We're going to help the Taliban. Okay? So the USA said, well, I guess we're going to have to make a deal with the devil, which they did. So all of this uh, close coordination by G20 leaders on Afghanistan is just a bunch of muck. It's garbage. And nobody will say it. So Biden lives in the White House and all day long he does what? What does he do? Does he solve any problems? No. All right. He went to Chicago last week. I thought he might even mention the slaughter of African-Americans in that city. Didn't even mention it. I wrote a column on it. I hope you read the column. All right. The column is entitled Eyes Wide Shut. Okay. This man has no interest in solving any problem whatsoever. Okay. So that's what he did. I'm sorry to go off on that, but I see this stuff. I know what it is. All right. And, and it just drives me crazy because I know no one will tell you this. Rasmussen Daily Track and Poll, 41 percent of Americans think Joe's doing a great job. Fifty seven don't. OK, so that's pretty much accurate. And I, I talked to one of the 41 who like him last night. And uh, again, it was, well, I hate Trump so much and I'm never going to admit I made a mistake voting against Trump. So I have to like Biden. That's what it is. It's exactly what it is. Uh, gas prices. Uh, lead editorial Wall Street Journal explains that Joe Biden's policy of uh, putting taxation, regulations, shutting down Keystone Pipeline, all of that has constrained U.S. oil production. OK, we used to export oil in a much bigger way. So now there's an oil shortage everywhere. And in the United States, when you have not so much supply, prices go up. They have gone up. You all know that if you have an automobile or a truck and they're going to go higher. It's going to go over four dollars a gallon in California. That's five fifty a gallon because of the onerous taxation they put on gasoline out there. So Biden, in the name of climate change, attacked right away the oil companies, the fossil fuel companies. And this has suppressed energy production, leading to higher prices. Do we all get this? OK, it's right on Biden's doorstep. And what does he do? And then he goes over to uh, the OPEC people, the Arabs, and says, hey, can you pump more gas? Hey, thanks, Joe. That's good for the environment, right? 
pump more oil. I should. They don't pump gas. Um, so right now, gas prices are up on average in this country a buck than they were a year ago, according to Gas Buddy data. Gas Buddy. So it's GasBuddy.com if you want to know the stats. And where do you get your home heating? And you guys down in uh, Florida and Texas, your air conditioning bills. Where do you get them? Double. What you paid last year, you're going to pay double. You got the money? You got it? Okay. Now that is going to crush the Biden administration. When people get around to figuring out how badly they're getting hurt economically, that's the end. Now you can do border, you can do crime, you can do all kinds of things. What when it comes right into your house and you have less money, the end. That's what killed Carter. It wasn't Iran hostage. That embarrassed him. It was people suffering economically. Hillary Clinton's back. She's got a book. A um, friend of mine uh, put that book together. <laughs> and uh, so I get a lot of insight uh, off the record, of course, on, on this. But she got a novel. Um, and uh, she wrote it with uh, Louise Penny, who's a Canadian novelist. I don't care about the book. Uh, you want to read it? Read it. So she goes on The View, which is run by ABC News. Just remember that. So nobody kind of they say, oh, it's just one of these dopey entertainment shows. This is run by the news division, not the entertainment division. So here's what, of course, Trump came up when Hillary Clinton's sitting with The View. Roll the tape. Look, I, I think if he wants to be the nominee, he will be the nominee. Mm-hmm. I, I think I don't think there's any doubt about that. Right. And I think that everybody else who is talking about it or considering it understands that. So what they are doing is um, trying to placate and play up to him, uh, because if he decides not to run, they want to be the second or, you know, other alternative choice. All right. That's that's accurate. That's accurate. And as you may know, I'm going to see uh, the 45th president on Thursday for an interview. That interview will be looking ahead of what his feelings are about possibly running for president. That interview will be on Monday on the No Spin News, on the First TV, WABC Radio, all of our uh, partners coast to coast and around the world. Monday. You will see it. I'll run some clips up on BillOReilly.com over the weekend. But I'm just going down to Mar-a-Lago for the day. I'm just boom, boom. I'm back because I do have to tape a special on Joe Biden on Friday, which you'll see on the 21st of October. The real Joe Biden. How can somebody be this bad? That's basically the theme of the special. How? How is this possible? And it's not ideological or political. We're just going to give you the facts. And you'll be surprised of what we've uncovered. So anyway, busy week for me. Not complaining, just reporting. So uh, ABC News runs The View. And you just heard Hillary Clinton. So then you would think after she got through with Trump that the ABC News personnel on The View would ask her about the Durham report, which has just uh, indicted a lawyer who was working for the Hillary Clinton campaign on the Russian collusion 
bogus, false story. You would think, right? Right? You get Trump out of the way, and then you can say, well, Mrs. Clinton, what about this uh, indictment of this lawyer? Do you know the man? Did you know that he was uh, allegedly funneling out fake stories about Trump during the campaign? Right? Wouldn't you ask that if you were on a news show? No. Nothing. Nothing. And I will predict that wherever Hillary Clinton goes to promote this book, you're not going to have that. Why? Because deals are made. You want a hill? Here are the rules. They'll never admit it, but deals are made. So we got nothing from The View. Surprised? Come on. Okay, so that led me to uh, the disintegration of network television and to some extent cable as well. And I'm going to walk through this. we got Bernie Goldberg listening intently, and he's going to come in and comment and tell me where I'm going wrong or whatever. Okay. But first, I want to give you the stats. So primetime entertainment. This is NCIS. They hardly have any dramas anymore. They don't have any comedies at all this year. Not one new comedy, sitcom. First time in TV history, no sitcoms. They don't want you to laugh because you're laughing hard enough at the reality shows. They got a million of those because they're cheap. They got the voice. They got the feet. They got the elbow. They got everything. I don't know. Never watch them. Okay, so um, four years ago, ABC, Primetime Entertainment, this is Disney, okay, four years ago, averaged 5.7 million people. Today, 4.3. That's a 25% decrease in viewers in primetime. NBC, 29% decrease. CBS, 36% decrease in primetime. 36%. That's according to Variety. Okay? Network news ratings. I'm going to do it year to year for the Trump factor. So last year in September, presidential race. And, and Trump was a driver of that because Biden didn't come out of the basement. Couldn't cover him because he wasn't there. Okay, so ABC News, World News Tonight with David Muir. Believe me, Peter Jennings is rolling over in his grave. David Muir. Okay, so last year, at this time, um, ABC World News is doing 9 million. This year, they're down to 7.9 million. So they've lost more than a million viewers. Decreased 12% overall. NBC Nightly News, Lester Holt, decreased 13%. CBS even used Nora O'Donnell, decreased 14% in a year. Trump's gone, ratings go down. That will continue. Okay, third portion of this. Cable news primetime, 8 to 11. That's primetime. Okay, Fox News year to year down 45%. I, I, I would have jumped off the building. <laughs> I never went down. Our graph was always up. 45%. MSNBC down 61%. CNN down 82%. From 1.5 million to 822,000. This is the average of the three hours. I, I mean, this is staggering. And the advertisers all know it, 
And so they don't pay as much to the ads. So the the days of the big money at cable news are over. A lot of people pulling the plug. They don't want to watch it. They don't want 100 channels. They want a bundle. It's cheaper. Okay. Late night television. Colbert. 8% decrease from last year. Fallon. Actually, it's a 7% increase, but he's so far down as number three, he went from 1.4 million last year to 1.5 million. He got some of the Colbert audience, the hate Trump audience went over to Fallon, not because Fallon hates Trump, but it's just because Colbert is just a one-trick pony. And then Kimmel is down 13%. So they're all um, on the skids. And uh, Fox News at 11 o'clock, is beating some days them I, it's morning shows today's show five years okay 2016 4.3 now 3.3 at 23 percent decrease um abc good morning america 27 percent decrease cbs morning show 24 percent decrease so you can see now it used to be in America that we all watched, or most of us did, the same show. We knew. So uh, in the early 60s, it was Ed Sullivan, all right, and then Bonanza, and then uh, All in the Family, and the Mary Tyler Moore show, Happy Days, and, and then NCIS. And, and, you know, it just, there was a stair step. And we watched it because we talked to each other about the shows. And it was a commonality of television. So it was Cronkite, and then it was Rather, and then it was Jennings on ABC, and it was Brokaw. Before that, Huntley Brinkley. Everybody knew their names. Everybody was engaged at that level. Now it's over. So what effect is going to have on the American culture? Here now, a man with the intellectual heft to put that into perspective, Bernie Goldberg, who is uh, the purveyor of BernardGoldberg.com, a very good website. Um, and he writes about all kinds of stuff, not just media. So we want you to visit that. All right. So you, you heard the stats. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the failure across the board? Well, there are so many, so many directions we can go on this. One of them is that you're right. Television used to be the equivalent of a national cathedral. Uh, on certain events, certainly big traumatic events, we all went to television at the same time, no matter where we live. Those days are gone. You're 100% correct about that. And they're not coming back. Uh, there are too many places you can get your news now. You can get it on TV. You can get it on the internet. You can get it on the telephone. You can get it on your shoe. You can get it on your underpants. You can get it in so many different places that the idea of a national cathedral is gone. Uh, one other thing along those lines, once upon a time, as you well remember, Bill, Walter Cronkite was the most trusted man in all of America, according to a poll. Uh, if anybody thinks that any of the anchors, any of the anchors, are the most trusted people in America. They're delusional. Uh, those days are gone too. 
And it's not going to get better for network television, whether it's news or entertainment. One reason it's not going to get better is that people who watch television, old school television, regular television, not streaming television, um, they're mostly older people. And I don't want to sound cold about this, but the network TV audience is literally dying off. And they're not going to be replaced. They're not being replaced by younger viewers. They don't get their news at all from television. They get it from other places if they get it at all, but not from television. Okay, so there's no unifier anymore in America. No unifier at all. Politics is divided. Television is now becoming obsolete. Uh, entertainment is all over the place. Maybe sports. I mean, that gets a fairly robust audience now, live sports. Um, but there's no unifier. So that means that Americans don't have anything in common anymore. And that, I think, is a big social problem. Well, I think, it's, I, I think you're right. And I think it's a reflection of, of the culture in general. We are as polarized as we've ever been in the modern era. Therefore, television is polarized. Television, even television news isn't really news, and we know that. Television news is a form of entertainment. Give the people what they want and hope they'll come back for more. So television divides America. America's already divided. And what's the result? The result is you're not going to go to television. You're not going to go to old-fashioned, old-school media to bring the country together. The country is already divided and television is doing its best to divide it even further. Because that's yeah. how they make Go ahead. They make money by dividing Americans. Sure. Playing to their segmented audience. All the cable news operations do that. Exactly. Now, when you see a primetime disintegration like CNN, um, 80%, okay? Um, but they still do the same stuff. It's still a hate Trump network. That's what it is. It doesn't change. It doesn't evolve. It doesn't try to get creative. It doesn't cover Joe Biden with any kind of enthusiasm at all. It doesn't do anything but hate Trump. Wouldn't you think that somebody at AT&T, which owns CNN, would say to their news executives, hey, you're not doing so well. It's like the New York Giant football team. Okay, you know, the owner is like kicking garbage cans over. Going, hey, you're not doing well. You got to do better. That doesn't seem to be happening at CNN or the others. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a great question. And I know why CNN itself isn't doing anything about it, because they're in the business of bashing Trump in order to get ratings. It isn't working. But they're working. not getting ratings. It, so maybe it, it you is, try something else, <laughs> you know? It isn't working, but that's why they're doing it. You know, everybody thinks that everything is about money. Not in news. Ideology trumps money uh, in that they'll do stupid things that will cost them money and ratings, but that's all they know. You know, they're, they're like a one-trick pony. That's, that's all they know. Uh, to prepare for this segment, and what I do for you, Bill, I mean, I, I, it's, people don't even know how much I do for you. But I, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of CNN recently. Uh-huh. And 
this is not an exaggeration. And if it is, it's only slightly an exaggeration. You can't turn on that channel without seeing a story about Donald Trump. It's always a negative story. And I'm not even saying it's not a legitimate story, but that's their game plan. One Donald Trump story after another, after another, hoping the audience that hates Donald Trump as much as CNN journalists do will come back. It isn't working because you need Donald Trump. You know, Donald Trump said a lot of things that weren't true. Sorry if, if his most loyal fans don't like to hear that. But he said a lot of things that weren't true. But one thing he said that was absolutely true, and that was when he's left the scene on a daily basis, left the scene, the media would crash. Boom. He got it right. Yep. And with the numbers, the numbers prove it. Now, when you have a country of 330 million people uh, and it has no there isn't anything that brings people together. Now, 9-11, that attack that brought Americans together. All right. That did. But other than a disaster, other than a, a thing like COVID has not brought us together. COVID's divided us further. Exactly. exactly. Right. Right. So now we're, we're like this big monolith that are just kind of wandering around in our own little worlds. Now, the Chinese don't have that. The Chinese are all together and they're doing what they're told to do or they're going to vanish. And most other countries don't have a collapsing culture as we do. And that, I think, is really going to play out over the next 10 years. Last word. Well, we do come together, and you hinted at this earlier, uh, on Sunday afternoon, for instance, over sports, over professional football. But even that, as long as it, it, when sports uh, lets politics in, intrude itself, as it did with last summer with the Black Lives Matter movement and and Black Lives Matter was on the NBA basketball courts and slogans, only certain approved slogans were on players' uniforms. Ratings went down in, in those cases too. So if sports is the only thing that brings us together, that's not enough. And, it, and, and we're not gonna be even unified over another 9-11 on television. We will be divided even over that because we'll watch it in a million different places and then we'll blame Biden if he was president when the attack came, or we'll blame Trump for not preparing us for the We are divided. And television, the media is only reflecting that division. And that is, if that does, I've argued this before, Bill. This is my final word. I've argued that a much bigger problem than climate change is polarization in America. If that doesn't get better anytime soon, we're in big trouble, and that's what you've been suggesting from the jump. All right. BernardGoldberg.com. I'd like everybody to give Bernie a visit. You'll, uh, you'll be happy you did. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings, 
against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. All right, let's go... uh, to John Gruden, we reported yesterday, and you know about it, got a lot of ink, that uh, the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders wrote some uh, offensive emails uh, about gays and blacks, and he's gone. In this society, in this country, you can't do that. Now, an offshoot of this story is very interesting. There's a guy named William Roden. He's a former New York Times reporter. He writes about sports. He's on some internet thing. So he now says that we should hunt down, literally hunt down anybody involved with Gruden or anybody who's ever emailed anything in the sporting world and get rid of them. Let's get them. Now, this is what I've been telling you. This is witch hunting. All right. And they do this gender. They do this race. That it's, so road, yeah, let's go get them. We got to hunt them down. We got to get them. And I'm going, yeah, that's the way it should be, right? So let's bring in a, a guy who is a fair man, I think. Uh, Jason Whitlock uh, is a host on Blaze TV. That's Beck. And he uh, joins us from Nashville, Tennessee. First of all, with Gruden himself, did he get what he deserved, in your opinion? Did Gruden get what he deserved? Uh, you know, probably not. I think the consequences were too stark for his crime. Uh, I think if you went through my emails, text messages, personal conversations, I've said many inappropriate things, uh, not all that unsimilar to Gruden. And so I, I would not want to be canceled uh, for okay. thought crimes. Fair enough. But his uh, position of authority to run a football team with the majority of players African-American, he loses credibility in the area to manage them, does he not? I haven't heard that from any Las Vegas Raiders players. I've heard just the opposite, uh, that they had moved on. I don't think, Bill, you know, you played college football. I played college football. I grew up in locker room environments. Nothing Gruden said is all that unfamiliar in a locker room from coaches, players, whatever. Uh, You know, there have been some people performing in the media pretending like, oh, my God, John Gruden said DeMora Smith has big lips and, oh, my, I can't go on with life right now. My heart is heavy. I'm in tears. I'm crying. That's all fake BS. Uh, It's not a reflection of reality. Uh, Much harsher things are said take it out of the locker room, just in real life, and people survive and move on. So I don't think he lost any credibility with, with players. You I think, think he, he lost still credibility with national. Yeah, I, I don't know. No I mean, I know there were players who were angry, Keyshawn Johnson and, and things like that. But So you think this is a business Keyshawn Johnson decision. has a personal vendetta. Yeah, he doesn't like Gruden. Excuse me. Sure. Yeah, Keyshawn Johnson has a, has a, 
vendetta against John Gruden because John Gruden let him go from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because the players in Tampa didn't want Keyshawn Johnson on the team anymore. Bill, all of this is a byproduct of a culture that has gone completely secular. And so forgiveness has been eliminated from American culture. No doubt about it. And we have a satanic secular culture that believes in retribution and vengeance. And what William Roden is talking about is retribution and vengeance for anybody associated with uh, John Gruden. And it's, it's, look, it's a satanic secular mindset. It's a mindset that doesn't lead America or any place to a better place. Eventually, Bill Roden, if he lives long enough, he'll get canceled because we all fall short. We all commit thought crimes. There's no leader from Abraham Lincoln to George Washington to JFK to Barack Obama who hasn't committed a thought crime. Uh, and so none of us are qualified for leadership positions if, if this is the standard. Now, he attacked, uh, Gruden did, the commissioner, Goodell, Roger Goodell, of the NFL. Do you think that had anything to do with Gruden getting his head cut off so fast? Not really. I, I think if I, you know, it's on the list, but I would rank his criticism of Barack Obama and Joe Biden higher on the list. Uh, you know, at the highest level, the biggest crime he committed was using the F word and in any way offending the LGBT community or the, the alphabet mafia, as I call them. They're the most powerful force in America. If you offend them in any way, you get canceled. That's one of the brilliant things that Dave Chappelle pointed out in his last comedy routine, that uh, the rapper Baby shot and killed a black man inside of a Walmart, suffered no consequences to his career, didn't hurt his image at all. He criticized the LGBT community and his career is in shambles now. That tells you something about how our priorities are stacked right now in this country. The alphabet mafia is in control. They have power There's no, and the media enables all this, which is why they have got control. Final question, why didn't Chappelle get canceled by Netflix? And he came out pretty harsh against what you call the alphabet mafia. Uh, because right now there's no upside in canceling because Dave did that performance hoping they would cancel him. And I'm sure he told them that beforehand, they're going to profit off Chappelle's deal. Uh, but if they cancel him, particularly immediately, Chappelle just wins even more. He rides off in the sunset as the bravest, most courageous uh, comedian of all time. He still is that based on the, his last performance, but they don't want to play into it right now by canceling because I just think it would only make him stronger. All right. That's a very good analysis, Jason. And we always appreciate you having uh, you coming on and talking to us. You are a stand up guy. Thanks again. Thank you, Bill. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. California is uh, a, a lunatic asylum. Okay, so the latest is... Uh, Assembly Bill 1084 takes effect in 2024, signed by Gavin Newsom, the governor. The law says that large stores must have a gender-neutral section to display a reasonable selection of toys and other child items, regardless of whether they have been traditionally marketed for either girls or boys. (laughs) Okay, it's funny, it's stupid, it's another fascist play by Sacramento. I got to laugh. I really do. But if you don't have your general neutral aisle or whatever, you get fined 250 bucks each complaint. 2024. Now, what isn't a laughing matter is that people are in danger in California, physical danger. And I've known uh, Michael Levine, our next guest for, I don't know, 30 years. He's lived in California uh, since 1977. He's a media expert and an author. And he's a kind of an activist in trying to point out how which a disaster California is. Michael Levine joins us now from Los Angeles. Okay, so I get your missives all the time. And uh, basically you're saying that you and your friends and your family are in danger even though you live in an affluent area. Is that correct? That's accurate, Bill. It's not an overstatement in the least. In fact, when you say that California has transformed into a lunatic asylum, one could hear that and say, well, that's very poetic and overstated. Not in the least. It is, it's factually accurate. Uh, communities within Southern California that were highly regarded, Santa Monica, Venice, Brentwood. These are all communities that are now essentially occupied areas with two sets of laws, one for regular folks and the other for homeless. Homeless can do pretty much anything they want. They urinate in the street in broad daylight. They threaten, they yell, they scream, they spit. There is no consequence whatsoever. And uh, this, this is now what has become of life in, in Southern California. And I understand it's, it's no better in Northern California. Well, in, San Francisco uh, San is a disaster. But let's take Santa right. Monica, for example, okay? Because I know right. Santa Monica yeah. very well. Very, yeah. You gotta have a lot of money to buy a place in, in Santa Monica, okay? You so bet. It's a small, small area, has its own police agency. They're not correct. Uh, the LAPD is not there. So Third correct. Avenue Mall in uh, in Santa Monica is a shopping mall. And Third go Pro- there. Street Promenade. Right. right That's accurate. Right. And it's about uh, two blocks away from the ocean. But there's plenty correct. of people outside, outdoor cafes, this and that. And I always used to go down there and we have some dinner and this and that. Nobody it started to bother me, I would say, about 10 years ago. You start to see a little riffraff and, and things like that. Mostly drug addicts, uh, yep. you know, kind of walking around. What is it like now? Well, first of all, the stores are closed. It is the, the homeless have adopted an audacity 
that is simply hard to describe unless you see it. Uh, in other words, 10 years ago, if you saw a homeless person on your porch or something, you'd simply ask them to move. They might ask you for a dollar for coffee and they would, they would move. But in today's world, if you see a homeless person on your porch and you ask them to move, they, they simply respond by saying, I'm not going to move, you move. I belong here. You don't belong here. Now, if you complain to the city in any way, shape, or manner, no matter how politely, again, Mr. O'Reilly is right. Bingo. You are a racist. They don't even allow you to finish the sentence. So if you simply complain to city officials in Santa Monica or Los Angeles that there's a, a problem with homeless people urinating on your property or defecating on your property or throwing things or causing havoc, they simply shut you up with the, the line that you're a racist. So you're telling me that, that the Santa Monica cops, if you called up and said, look, I got some trespassers here on my front lawn. Correct. That I, that I think are dangerous. Uh, Correct. And I've asked them politely to leave and they, they were insulting to me. Would you send some Santa Monica PD over here and move them because they're trespassing? And you'd get a what? They say what? You'd get, they've been told to stand down. They do not respond. And, and in Santa Monica, California, where I used to live, uh, people don't even bother to call the police. If you ask somebody why they don't call the police, they say, well, the police don't do anything. It's, why isn't uh, there, why, is it, why aren't there mass demonstrations from residents? And you see this in San Francisco yeah. doesn't have it either. So people yeah. rising up and yeah. saying enough, enforce the law, we pay you because that's taxpayer money going to the cops and going to the mayor and everybody else, city council. Just, you know, demonstrate that. And, and in Venice, I think they did that. And they did clear out a bunch of Venice Beach cleared out a bunch of drug addicts and people who were living uh, on the streets and, and causing that community to lose its economic base because there's a lot of tourism there. So I think there was some kind of groundswell there, but it doesn't happen in a big place like Santa Monica? Well, it didn't happen actually in Venice to any large degree except until the sheriff arrived. The uh, LA City Police Department also stood down and did nothing and allowed it to decay to a point of, I mean, to, to call the area in Southern California, many areas in Southern California, a Titanic, uh, is not overstated. I mean, it is completely uh, occupied. Isn't it the and fault I, of the I, voters, though? Isn't it the fault of the sure, people who of course live there? It is. That they, of course they're it afraid is. Yes. or they're apathetic or they won't do yes. anything? To, because in, where I live on Long Island, this yep. couldn't happen. I would lead the charge. I would do it. Okay? Right. And absolutely couldn't happen. And the police I, I department in Nassau they'll... County would never stand down. That would never happen. Now, New York City, just 20 miles from me, that's, they're doing that. But it's the people who have to basically take Correct. back their neighborhood, right? Correct. And why don't you're, they do you're it You're totally right. But the reason it, it, it appears to me, and of course, I'm not a, you know, I can't psychoanalyze every voter in, in Santa Monica, Brentwood, Venice, Marina Del Rey. I can't do that. But what I can tell you is that the people uh, on the left have created a fear of complaining. Their people are afraid to speak. 
They're afraid to complain. And uh, it, it's, it's really rather, it'll be for historians to record this because you're cor completely correct. It's the fault of the voters. It's the fault right. I of mean, the look, citizens. I, I, I'll throw one more thing at you. We really appreciate time, Michael. I know you're busy. But they elected a guy named Gaston oh. as, the, as the top prosecutor yep. in right. L.A. County. He won't prosecute That's... any crimes. Correct. He won't prosecute any crimes. You can do whatever you Correct. want. He's not, if you're a minority. Now, if Michael right. Levine goes out tonight and steals a car, you're going to get whatever you get. But if you're a minority and you commit a crime, Gaston's not going to, not even going to bring charges, no matter what the cops have. And he was completely honest about who he was when he ran for election and people voted for them. So as long as they vote for people like this, they will continue to get this kind of governance. I mean, it's, it's not very complicated. As I think it was Andrew Breitbart who said that politics is nothing more than culture downstream. If you vote for these people, you shouldn't be surprised when these are the, these are the consequences. Yeah, I know. And uh, Soros fun funded, heavily funded Gascon's uh, campaign. Hey, Michael, stay safe out there. We appreciate your outspokenness and bringing to our attention all the stuff that's going on. Thanks very much. We appreciate it. Thanks, Bill. 10 million people in the L.A. area. 10 million. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So here is the final thought of the day. The quality of life in the USA is declining, not so much materially yet. It will next year. So we'll pay a lot more for stuff next year. And this Christmas, as I said, the supply lines are terrible. So you're not going to get a lot of the stuff you want. Right on Biden. 100%. However, there are other things in play. Taxes everywhere are going up. Now they have cameras in the New York area that shoot you while you're driving. If you go over the speed limit, they send you a bill. That's a tax. What if you skid? What if you do something that you know, you're not in control of? A cop you can talk to about it, not a camera. And they're everywhere. Everywhere. They want money, money, money. Take, 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 take. The more they take from you, the less you have. The less you have, the less freedom you have. Okay? Money is freedom. Options. And finally, the um, growing trend of you being able to have a myriad of jobs. You have options here and there. Incomes coming up. Under Trump, there was four years of that. I hope you noticed that. Now, Boom. One of the reasons that you can't get Christmas gifts is because there's not enough truck drivers. Don't have the truck drivers. And even if they get in the truck, they're paying a buck and a quarter more for gas. So they're going to raise the prices on everything. It's all interconnected and all of it is impacting our freedoms. Our pursuit of happiness, our options.
That is what's going to sink the Biden administration when people go, I don't have enough money to do what I want to do. Thank you for watching us. We'll see you tomorrow.